Man, it's so good to hear that music again. It's take, been a minute. Take two, three, wherever we're at with it. It has been a minute. We got a familiar voice. I think you just heard him. Jared, welcome back. Thank you. Thank you. Good to be back again. Congratulations on your bangles. Thank you. Who Day Nation. Yeah, Who Day, all day. How do you feel about that? I feel fantastic. We got another Cincinnati Bengals fan, super yeah, fan. Super I, fan. What do you consider you? I mean, super fan. He is, yeah. If you're going to be a fan, you got to be a super fan. But he's going to the Super Bowl. He, How do you feel about that? Um, good on him. He's. I didn't. I didn't know he had that type of that he got, type of scratch, but he good for him. He's got pull apparently. Yeah. Good for him. I tried. I looked it up, and nope. Public servant. <laughs> How the Vikings doing? Oh, we got a new coach and GM. Huh. It's always next year. I'm, I'm gonna get it out there now. <laughs> too like early? It. Is there is there too early? Nope. Or no, there's not. My mom talking? literally gave me a shirt that says "Someday," and it's all in Vikings colors. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Have so, them cards. I like that. Have them birds. Uh, yeah, we're gonna move on. Are you guys pulling out of the? Ready now. What about the Suns? Like, Do you get a little nervous when you think about like what Cardinals just did, what Phoenix Suns did last year? <sighs> nope. It's their year. There you go. It's going to be the Suns' year. All right. I like it. Cardinals are going to get new jerseys next year. We've been talking about that for a decade. I don't know. All right. Whatever it is. We, uh, we've got something. I guess anything in law enforcement is going to be a little bit controversial these days. Yeah. Right? But our topic today is something that is talked about a lot. Amongst agency to agency, state to state, and some recent events which took place spiked up more of, it's not new, the subject that we have today is really important and it's thought provoking, especially within the law enforcement community, but it's not new. There have been some recent events that spiked interest again with citizens and really what it comes down to is, do we have the green light to go? Should we hold back? Are there things to consider? I'm going to keep you on the edge just for a second, and we're going to go ahead and play a clip, and we will talk about it. And uh, so dangerous. It's tough to see this um, because people are not expecting a vehicle of any type, even a motorcycle, to come racing up to them so quickly. And uh, wow, well over 80 miles an hour, creeping up on 100 miles an hour. You can see it just flying by these cars. And it is not only dangerous to those other drivers, but certainly dangerous to this motorcyclist. Uh, you know, these cars, these drivers don't know that it's coming up so fast. You can see, uh, wow, uh, that motorcyclist uh, appearing to kind of stand up there on the motorcycle there for a second. Uh, but oh my gosh, oh, we have just seen, um, sorry, we just saw that uh, motorcyclist crash into a car there at the intersection. Again, this was a police pursuit. LAPD was after that motorcyclist and uh, the motorcyclist was going at a very high rate of speed as we just saw it crash into a car. And of course, we are going to continue to follow this story and bring you much more on KCAL 9 News at 4. We'll now send you back to regular programming. 
So let me give you a little context. This is KCAL Channel, Channel 9 out of Los Angeles. And for those that didn't know and for those that haven't kept up on a lot of the pursuits, California is kind of the poster child. Should we say that? I mean, when you, usually when you see a pursuit on TV, there's a high percentage that come out of California. I don't know. Anybody? I, I, let me just say California. But a part of that reason is, is we have helicopters that are just launched up into the air. Anytime the scanner starts picking up on a, a pursuit, news outlets send up their, their helicopters and they just start following it. And it's legal to do that, and, and they've taken advantage of it, and they've sold a lot of back-in-the-day newspapers, but now it's a lot of articles over the Internet, whatnot. But let me give a little context to this one. This was KCAL Channel 9, and who you were listening to was an anchor that was following their helicopter and receiving up-to-date uh, live footage of a motorcycle that you heard her up to 80, 100 miles an hour. Well, this motorcycle ended up crashing into a vehicle. I believe, if I remember right, he was clocked uh, per their accident reconstruction, math, whatever it was, 120 miles an hour. Does that sound about right? I think it was about 120 miles an hour. And so motorcycle hit another object like that, 120 miles an hour, he went flying. And the reaction that you heard was from her, true reaction, seeing it as it was unfolding, um, but some of the things that the media tends to do is what she did. And she said, this was part of LAPD pursuing the motorcycle, which was not accurate. In fact, they had a, a captain, uh, soon after give some quotes and, and he wanted to set the record straight and say, look, LAPD was not pursuing and he cited some very critical things that we're going to be talking about today with this news release, with his quote. He said, time of day, traffic, and really what it was, it was a, it was a stolen motorcycle. The license plate was coming back stolen. And so officers in the area identified that, tried to make a traffic stop on the motorcycle. Motorcycle just absolutely blasted and took off. They chose to terminate the pursuit immediately due to the things that he just cited. He says there's a lot of misinformation that was out there. We were never in pursuit of this motorcycle. This motorcyclist, now they, they talked about tracking, things like that, and there's a lot of different ways that police agencies track. We've had it happen within our agency where if you have a motorcycle that's going 80, 100, weaving in and out of traffic on public streets, this isn't even on a highway freeway, this is on public streets, more people are going to call in and say that there was a, a, a dangerous motorcyclist, high rates of speed, weaving in and out of traffic, and then dispatch can give area officers that information, right? And so, again, they, they set the record straight. LAPD was not pursuing. This was misinformation by the news outlet, but it sounds good. Well, let's break it down for our listeners this is something that's a hot topic. Every single time that a pursuit happens, it's really fun to watch on TV. People turn it on, they can't take their eyes off. But there's a lot that goes into this. And I want our listeners to understand that from a law enforcement standpoint, there are things that we have to break down. 
If you guys want to jump in and talk about what we have to break down, we can give our listeners a, a broader understanding of everything that we are looking at and that we have to break down in any given situation when we have either decided to go after a suspect or not. I think you have to take in for us. I mean, for what we do, we have to take in a bunch of different factors. Uh, like you mentioned, time of day, traffic. Um, is it close to a school letting out? Is it, um, you know, what am I trying to say here? They're, uh, you're just, you've got to take in severity of the crime. Is it just a expired registration or is it a homicide suspect? You know, is it uh, a red light violator or is it, you know, a, a kidnapping, those types of things. So I think you've got to take those into consideration, whether you're going to pursue, is it, uh, is apprehension of this person um, needed for public safety? So we have to weigh those things in time after time to see, make sure that we are, we're doing what we're want, what we're trying to accomplish by keeping the public safe, the violator safe and officers safe at the same time. So you got to take all those things into consideration. Is the need of getting that perp more important than the safety of just the general public? And we'll kind of go over some of the, the dangers that, that come with pursuits. Um, and then also, if do you know who the perp is? That's, that's a big one. If, right, you, you know. if you know who it is and you can get them another day and they're maybe not actively, um, you know, causing a, a, a risk or a substantial risk to the public, then we'll go get them. So a lot of those moving violations and stuff that you brought up, Jared, if we know who that perp is, all right, we'll just go to your house. We'll wait for you. We'll get, we'll get you another day outside yeah. the car. And, and for our listeners, city to city, county to county, state by state, it's, it's not consistent. So pursuit policies are, are very different depending on what agency you work for. The, We've talked about it in past discussions. It continues to be a topic within our county, but within our state where agencies will come together and, and maybe certain agencies are a little upset because the, they tend to overlap one another. We may have a, a pursuit that starts in another city and ends up in ours. And so we do what we can to assist that other agency during that pursuit, but it also depends on why they're pursuing. Right. And we may not even engage in that pursuit because it may not be a, a justified pursuit under our policy for right. us to engage in. Um, like I said, another agency may have a different pursuit policy that allows them to pursue for that. But if we get the information that it doesn't fall within line of our policy, then our job is to keep our citizens safe within our city and try to help manage that pursuit to either bring it to a, a stop or it just try to make it continue through the city. So I think that's, and I think the other factor that you got to take into that is what does your citizen population expect from its pursuit, their, their pursuit policy for their, their local agency, right? Some may, it's wide open. You can pursue for anything. Other cities and generally uh, highly populated areas, aren't, they're not going to necessarily stand for that uh, as much because the risk is so much higher because of the dense population. And you and you see that in where you have the most concentrated population, those you'll see those, uh, those statistics start to, to climb a little bit higher and higher for death or accidents. Right. Right. If you really want to break it down, we can, we can start from the beginning just so our listeners can have a, 
a better understanding as to what an officer is thinking from the get-go. Now, Cam mentioned it, Jared, Jared mentioned it already, but what is the initial reason to try to initiate a traffic stop? And we can give examples of the extreme, say a red light violation. And an officer initiates a traffic stop and the individual takes off. Now, the initial is just an infraction. It's a, it's a traffic infraction that you are trying to address with the individual that ran that red light. And then they take off on you. Well, now you're dealing with a felony. And so it starts off with an infraction and then slowly creeped into felony status because the individual decided to take off. But just because it jumps to felony status doesn't mean that the officer should always go after said individual for a lot of the reasons that we've already detailed out. Now take it to the other extreme. Say you had a kidnapping and you try to initiate the, the stop and they continue to flee. General public, when you really break this down within your head, what's going to be more important? Right. What the initial information is. Right. right. Two very opposite ends of the spectrum scenarios, but we deal with both and have in our agency dealt with both where we had a hostage situation. Obviously, our officers are not going to let that situation continue without us uh, continuing to pursue because there are lives at stake. But we've also had individuals take off on us for red light violations or minor traffic violations where we've determined that time of day, uh, pedestrians out, traffic. Reason for the stop. Reason, everything. We, we have at times had to weather, terminate. Weather conditions. Weather conditions. There's so many things that officers have to break down in split-second decisions. And it's constantly revolving. So constantly. say you start you start that pursuit, you know, you, you justify it. Say this guy's being disorderly uh, in an attempt to locate was broadcast out by dispatch. Um, male acting irate, driving crazy, stuff like that. And you get behind him. He's driving normal. Once you find him and you get behind him, you turn your lights on, he takes off because of the risk he was giving to the, the public. Maybe time of day, there's not a lot of traffic and stuff like that, or it's a wide open road. Uh, there's no houses in the area, no businesses, or say it's the business district on the weekend and no one's there. So you start pursuing, but then all of a sudden it's going down a road where there's an event. You know, you're mm-hmm. constantly, you're constantly. constantly, you have to keep in mind, look ahead as an officer as well. Because at that point, you got to shut it down. You're, you're not going to continue right. that pursuit and put all those uh, Constant re- reevaluating, right. which is, I mean, really, if you want to break down law enforcement, that's what we're constantly doing. We arrive on scene. It could be something so simple as, as a civil dispute, and then it could get gnarly really quick, and we're constantly reevaluating and evading situations, whether to pursue or not to pursue, are no different. Right. And then it's who's, uh, who's creating the danger. So is, is the individual that is fleeing creating the danger to the public or is it us chasing somebody that's creating the danger to the public? And that's a big one that you have to take into consideration as well is uh, if it's a red light violation and I stop pursuing and that person basically goes back to driving normal now that they know that the cops aren't behind them, then I was creating that hazard. Now, if you get the, the road raised, the road rage incidents where, you know, they may be shooting from a vehicle, trying to run people off the road. 
And they continue to do that, even though we are pursuing, they are creating the hazard. We are not creating right. the hazard. So right. uh, again, uh, you I bring up a good point. Driving pattern. Mm-hmm. Driving pattern is going to be huge because it's, it's not just about some of the things that we've already mentioned. But look at this individual on the motorcycle. Um, and, and anybody that wants to look that up, it, it was in California, it was LAPD. Uh, KCAL Channel 9 News was the anchor that you were listening to. If you want to actually watch the pursuit and the crash as it happened, feel free to look it up. But his driving pattern never got better. They were not pursuing. There were not active uh, patrol units or even unmarked units pursuing that individual. He was going so fast, there's just no way that I could imagine any agency out there well, for anyone, putting the public at risk. Anyone who hasn't seen it, just so you understand, this is a downtown L.A. street. This isn't the freeway he's driving 120. He's going through intersections, four-way, four-way lights at 120 miles per hour. There's, there's not really a way, if you guys are familiar with L.A. traffic, that a, a four-wheeled SUV is going to be following a oh, motorcycle yeah. at those speeds. Right. And again, if they're not pursuing and he's driving that fast, he's creating the hazard to the public. Absolutely. We are not creating that hazard by chasing him. And I think that's some, one of those things you have to take into consideration as looking at from an outside lens, right? Because it's always easy to go, well, you should pursue everything or you should pursue nothing, right? There's those two extremes. But when you have to reevaluate things constantly, you can go, okay, this is an acceptable pursuit. And, you know, the, the risk is acceptable by society in which you're, you know, the, the governed, right. The, your citizens, that's acceptable to them for you to pursue and create this hazard, right. That's going on within the city or your citizens say, that's not a hazard that we are willing to take on. And we're going, that's not something that's acceptable to us. And we have to, and our policies and our uh, standards have to match that, um, that reflection. And if they're not wanting that type of things to be pursued, then we don't pursue them, right, eventually. But we also have to be able to step in and go, look, this is a reason why we pursued this and the hazards that we that were caused from it far outweighed us. You know, we had to apprehend this individual right. um, based off of crime and everything else and the hazard in which they created to the public and being able to justify that and going, look, we're, we, we, we don't want to pursue people through this, but this uh the crime you know whether it is kidnapping homicide suspect those different things that create that hazard to the public we need to be able to intervene in but what about the individual that's um we do know who they are they've been wreaking havoc on a a community for quite a while say we're a little bit later in the evening traffic isn't as high pedestrians aren't out maybe we'll call it a graveyard shift and maybe he has felony warrants Maybe officers try to make contact during a felony act, whether it be some type of uh, forcible burglary or you think of it, just think of the felonious act type thing and maybe the circumstances allow for it. Um, Because we've talked a lot about maybe the the people side of things, you know, the, the homicide suspect or or um, the kidnapping, you know, something that would be affecting the far extreme this affected uh, people, actual people, victims. Now, people are always the victim in some way, shape, or form, but some of the things that I just talked about are, are property crimes. Right. But maybe they did reach into the felony time. Again, if your department has a pursuit policy, 
maybe it would be appropriate because you know that this individual is not going to stop this pattern of behavior, if that makes sense. And going back to your first example, you brought up uh, a little bit ago, you had talked about um, the red light violation, and then it goes to a felony because the person decides to, to flee. Um, so, so our listeners can kind of understand just here where most citizens, courts, and liability aren't looking at that as now a felony. They look at the reason for the stop. That's what they look at. They don't look at the fact, oh, now they're evading. It's a felony, just so our listeners kind of understand. And I know that there's listeners out there who are like, they shouldn't run from the police. You guys should just be able to go get them. Mm-hmm. And what I'm going to challenge you with is to think about if an officer decides to pursue for a red light violation and they run into a, the suspect runs into a car and kills a little kid. Do you think that that's worth it? No, like, but I mean, crucifixion at that point i mean and and we've seen it nationwide they are coming after we're seeing um, it right now yeah, there's officers, officers on the who east coast bad, de- bad decisions officer on the east coast being charged with homicide pursuing a a guy riding his scooter on the sidewalk without a helmet pursues him through an alleyway um this is a like a 3 minute pursuit or so and the suspects get ran over by a car you know, and, and maybe that that's a bit on the extreme side for charging the officer with murder, but they do have a policy that they're not to pursue for minor traffic violations, stuff like that. And so it's just so people kind of understand where why the courts are starting to go this way. Again, I think the murder charge might be a little far, but yeah, let's push it. Uh, a 2017 report by the Bureau of St- uh, Justice Statistics found that 351 people died as a result of pursuits in 2012 alone. From 1996 to 2015, there's over 7,000 deaths related just to evading. That's almost one per day. So, granted, a lot of those pursuits are probably justified, but a vast majority of pursuits end in injury. And usually it's to an innocent person that has nothing to do with it. Right. Yeah, and those same is, yeah, they average in that time uh, from 96 to 15, 355 people uh, were killed. And, and it doesn't necessarily break it down into suspects, officers, or innocent. It's just that were related to a pursuit. But uh, also in that, they had, what, in 2012, same from the Bureau of uh, Statistics, uh, 68,000 pursuits in just in 2012. So... That's a pretty high number, again, and a relatively low number of people killed. But the people that are families of those that are injured or killed, it, it doesn't matter. One to them is, is too high of a number. and will never be acceptable. Right. To them. And so. And that's killed. You know, we don't know what the injuries, uh, right. all the other aspects right. of it. Right. But and there's, there's so many things to consider. I mean, the, our listeners uh, I know that we have fellow law enforcement officers that are listeners as well. And I hope that as you hear us and as we're talking about this, you're thinking to yourself, what, what's our department policy? And have I fallen victim into the whole uh, infraction into a felony, but hey, the, I'm not going to let that, not in my town, right? not in my city. I would hope that our fellow law enforcement officers out there, no matter what uh, state you're in, whatever your pursuit policy is, keep that level head and keep it square on right? because you have to constantly reevaluate. Don't fall victim to, mm, 
there's got to be a reason that this individual is evading. It's got to be something big because I know that knee-jerk reaction. I know officers that will amp themselves up and push to pursue when they are in the what-if stage. They're not going back to what is my initial stop. It's not what they knew in the moment. Now they've jumped into well. They got to be pursuing for something big. Right. Every and that's everybody why, yeah. that takes off has a dead body in the in the trunk. Everybody, right? right. Or, or four hundred pounds of of something that you want to confiscate. Heroin, yeah, yeah. whatever yeah, it is, they're they're running for the cartel. Yeah, yeah. they they're doing runs. Um, that's that's one of the things I really like about some of the policies we have in place, at least at our agency. And uh, one of them is is after a pursuit starts, a supervisor who's not involved with the pursuit, it's just going to ask, what is it for? Because they're not emotionally attached to it. So if you turn around and say, um, ran a red light, I think he's got drugs. Because, you know, you just, as an officer at times, you have that, you know, you're not getting away from me. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you're not thinking super clear because there's been several times where I've seen officers go up to the supervisor after and say, hey, I appreciate you telling me to shut that down. Now that I look at it big, Big picture, that wasn't worth it. Right, right. Um, so you take that emotional aspect out of it that might be part of there. Granted, the officer is supposed to, you know, keep reevaluating the situation. Um, but and yeah. just for our listeners, I, I mean, law enforcement already understands this. Traffic stops are some of the biggest unknowns and danger to law enforcement officers with our lives. Right. They are great unknowns. We're always behind the eight ball. We don't know what is being concealed in a vehicle. We don't know that the individual that we just pulled over, what their intentions are, whether they have raw intentions toward us. It's just a great unknown. And so I recognize that when you make a standard traffic stop and then they, boom, they take off. I've had it happen to me. I've been involved with these before. Um, that adrenaline just shoots up. And this is where uh, training comes in. But that adrenaline shoots up in, in a lot of times with what you're talking about, Cam, is needed where a supervisor who's not involved with the situation will get on and say, what do we have? Because your adrenaline is up. Now you're trying to reevaluate the situation. I'm running back to my car. I'm about ready to jump in and we're going after them. Because again, the knee jerk is they got to be running for something. Right. It's got to be something pretty gnarly. Got that dead body in the back. Yeah, all of I them. didn't get all that meth or that heroin or whatever the case may be. And so I think it's very beneficial department to department, and especially ours that you brought up, is that we have an outside on the radio, get on the mic and say, what do we got? Right. But I think a lot of that, too, is still understanding is training. So are you training in your pursuit policy? Are you training um, pursuits in general and understanding that where they, the officer has that constant reevaluation from the onset, um, because at the end of the day, as a supervisor, I may tell you to shut it down, but you may have already traveled three to five miles in a very short amount of time mm-hmm. at a high rate of speed that I just don't know about because we just, oh, we've, I hear it on the radio. Okay, what is this? But you're still traveling, right? And so that constant reevaluation of I have to rely on a supervisor to, to shut me down is not won't be, they won't accept that in a liability case. Mm -hmm. If you injure uh, an innocent or something like that, it's going to be, why did you not terminate? This is your policy. How come you did not follow this? Not why didn't your super get on there? Your supervisor get on there earlier or faster. You don't see everything. Yeah. And And it's not the supervisor's responsibility to have 
a bird's eye view or a perfect scope as to what's happening. Exactly. You rely on the information. You have to be in the know and in the moment as an officer to recognize what you're dealing with, the call that you're making. You can't just always rely on that supervisor yeah. that's not there to be like. Supervisor is um, more of a fail safe. Absolutely. Well, right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah, it's uh, and then the other one, I know you you hit on it. Um, for those of you who don't know, we recorded last week and it, it got deleted. So. I'm, so, I'm, well, I wasn't even going to bring it up. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah, now that you are, I mean, we, we created magic yeah. that was just gold. I talked with Matt about it. He it was so He good. won't mess up again. <laughs> okay. It was so good. It was. It was so good. And I feel like we're dropping the ball this week. So who do we blame it on? Matt. Matt. Always can. So anyways, moving on. Um, one thing you had talked about uh, last week uh, that, I, that I like, and it touches with our policy as well is you can't, an officer can't get in trouble for stopping a pursuit. And what I like about this is if you're asked to go pull a car over, um, say you're helping investigations, they're watching a house, someone leaves that they need them stopped, and you go to stop them and they take off, you know, if if we didn't have that in our policy, you would feel like you got to go get that person. But we have it in there that you can discontinue. It cannot be held against you. It can be held against you. And I, with the example that I gave last week with the gold and beauty that we brought to the mic that it will never be heard out there, I gave an example of a recent, for those of you that don't know, because we've been gone for so long, I'm out of investigations and back on the street. Um, real cop work, right? Yeah. I'm back to... About time. Welcome. Yeah. Back, back to the real cop work. Well, the example that I gave... Uh, of a recent, it was a takeover. Some other people would call a pursuit, but I shut it down really quick. Another agency asked me to assist. It was another unit, specialized unit, and they needed a traffic stop performed on a certain individual. Now, I was where I was very aware of this certain individual and the past that he had, and the history that he had, and and there's a lot of felonious acts in there. Um, but I also, you take it a little step further, I was also uh, with a rookie because I was. Because well, you were you were new back to police work, so you were the of rookie, course. right? <laughs> yes. No. Oh. But so I was training, but also the, it, it was requested that I be in the driver's seat. Didn't want to give it to a rookie in this type of situation, but at least he was uh, a good sport. I know that he wanted to. Right. At the same time, he, he was a good sport and. He decided to take the passenger seat. But during that, the individual uh, within a neighborhood area, we're talking 25 mile per hour zones, and it was about 3.30 to 4 o'clock in the afternoon, decided to hit high rates of speed, would not stop for my emergency lights when I tried to initiate that traffic stop. And he black, I mean, he took off at one point to where I visually estimated him somewhere between 60 and 70 miles per hour. I shut it down. And, and for good reason. That is a neighborhood. Schools are, are getting out or kids are actively out on their bikes, scooters, walking. Um, near the still, park, yeah, Near the park. All the above. But the, the smart thing to do at that point is say, I'm not going to endanger the public for this particular investigation. Even though it, is a, it was a big investigation, I cannot in good conscience, continue this pursuit. Right, and you knew who he was. Absolutely. And you knew where to find him if we needed to find him or we'd find him another day. So that's it doesn't make 
again, uh, as as we like to say, the juice wasn't worth the squeeze. Absolutely. On, on something Absolutely. like that. And we've had them all. I mean, I know Cam has, and uh, I mean, as you get back into police work, you'll start to have real cop stuff happen to you again. Um, like, real, like real cop work? Yeah, like real cop work. But uh, yeah, we had one, I had one, the uh, same type of thing, where uh, this one was coming in um, from another state, uh, where they called in to dispatch, and this person was traveling 40 miles an hour on the interstate and was pushing semis off the road, other cars off the road, um, these different types of things. And it, this happened to be a graveyard shift. So obviously traffic is a lot uh, lighter in the middle of the night. But due to this, he is creating such a hazard um, on the road that we this was something that we decided we were going to engage into a pursuit. And we pursued him for I don't know, I'd probably say uh, eight, eight to 10 miles on, on the interstate before uh, we got him stopped. But it was, again, going back to the reason for the stop, right? The stop was because he was creating such a hazard on the interstate, you know, and with high speeds of travel on the interstate and him going slow, he's creating that hazard, right. pushing large semis off the road, um, other vehicles off the road. We got multiple callers um, that called in on this uh, about the hazard in which he had caused. So again, and then we get behind him, turn on our lights. He doesn't stop, but he also doesn't, you know, he doesn't hit the gas either. So he's cruising along on a on a Sunday night drive, you know, up to, uh, I think we got up to maybe 60 or 70 miles an hour. So again, all big, of those factors. Big time speed. Yeah. Big I mean, we had to take speed. all those factors into consideration. But again, <laughs> who was creating the hazard um, and the, uh, as uh, we often talk about, the priorities of life, right? If he was creating that hazard to innocent people, right? We didn't have a hostage or a victim inside the vehicle. So next step down is innocent people. Are you creating that hazard to the innocent people? And uh, he was. And so he... So we pursued again, we got him stopped and, and, uh, and we're able to take him into custody peacefully. But again, there's both those extremes. This wasn't, you know, this wasn't the the kidnapping or the homicide, but still the, I, I believe, uh, that the, the public is like, okay, this guy's creating the hazard that could be the one that hurts my family member. I want him off the road. I don't want him to continue down the road as far as, um, get him off the road as quickly as possible. And so we've got to do that. Right, right. And so we have, do we pursue, don't we pursue? Let's say law enforcement decides to put the gas down and pursue. Cam, you went over it last week. I'll let you take the mic this week. But what does law enforcement have at our disposal to try to end these things as uh, safely and effectively as possible? Well, first off, I'm under the thought process, and I my – my belief is if we have decided we are going to pursue, why don't we know that there's a ton of risk in pursuits. So if we have felt we have met the need to pursue, why not end that pursuit as quick as we can, you know? Um, and there are plenty of safe ways to end pursuit. Some have more risk than others. Um, but I'll just kind of go down this list that I have of, of ways that officers have ended pursuits in the past and how we currently end uh, pursuits. Um, the first option is called a high tech solution. Um, so there are some agencies, um, you would have to have a lot of these types of issues and they'd probably be like a proactive unit trying to find stolen cars and stuff, but they have the ability to like shoot out like a GPS tracker onto the car and then they'll back off 
LA, a lot of times you'll see this, um, like that captain that said they're tracking it. You know, they could be tracking it by people calling in. They could be tracking it by officers on the radio. Hey, that car just passed in that area, uh, Boulevard and, and Hollywood or whatever, you know, um, and then another way they put their bird in the air and they'll just trail it. You see that all the time with LA. They'll just track it and be like, yeah, he's in this house. Right. Um, so that's your, like your high tech solution. Another way people have been doing it lately is on star, those types of things, getting warrants to get the car back. If it's like a stolen car, or figure out at least where that last place that car was, um, are all possible things. Then you have trailing. This is the most common one. This is, what you traditionally think of in a pursuit, officers just following the, the car. Um, and there are plenty of examples where trailing is going to work. A lot of these prevention techniques you can't do in a school zone. You're not going to do it in a neighborhood for the most part, depending on. Um, and then the one that most people are familiar with is that um, they call it controlled deflation device. Used to be spike strips. Um, spike strips had a lot of issues. So basically it's a, a strip you throw out. It's got a bunch of spikes on it. Car hits it. It's effective for that car, but then it, sh- it throws spikes all over the road and then it hits like 15 civilians cars. <laughs> right. And Everybody you're right. Paychecks everyone. Yeah. Everybody getting new tires today. So those have come a long ways. Uh, right now we currently roll what's called stop sticks. It's basically spike strips, but in a tube. So it doesn't go everywhere. It's pretty easy to control all that stuff. And now that nowadays they have automated ones. Um, there's a lot of danger for officers. A lot of officers get hit deploying spike strips. Because um, you got to throw them out just for the public. They'll be wrapped up and you have to actively throw those strips out. Yep. And then once the suspect vehicle goes over it to prevent other innocent vehicles from having the same thing happen at their or tires, police vehicles yep. or police vehicles, you got to pull it back. And that's where it becomes dangerous because in order to do this, you are, you are close by. Yeah. And officers are supposed to go behind like a, a bridge column, a guardrail, something like that. I mean, they'll specifically say your squad car is not cover. Do right. not use that. Right. But unfortunately, you know, officers, they're trying to get them deployed quick. The pursuit's coming up really fast. They got to get it out. And, you know, we all think we have fast reflexes, and then all of a sudden you misjudge that car coming 120. And, unfortunately, I've seen way too many videos of officers being hit because a lot of times suspects will swerve. They know where the spike strips aren't. It's right, right where the officer is. Right, right. So that's uh, that's the spike strip. There's Big money. Big money, though, where we're talking about things that are available to law enforcement, but, again, it takes funding. And we had an episode quite a while ago about the whole defunding the police thing. But if our citizens really are having a level head about everything that we do, there is technology available, but it's, it's going to take funding. Right. Yeah, you have road blocking. Um, the traditional roadblock of the past uh, doesn't really happen anymore. That's like uh, driving down the road and all of a sudden you got a bunch of squad cars. Um Blocking the road. Uh, I up. thought that one smoked in the bandit. That's yeah. what they did. Yeah, there's actually a Supreme Court hearing. Just age yourself. Yeah. Like, big, like, thank you. You're right. Yeah. I know what I know what you're I talking about. Cam doesn't know what you're talking that. about, but I'm right there with you. Yeah. I got you. Yeah, he gets lost me there. Burt Reynolds is an icon. Ask him again if he knows who Burt Reynolds is. So a Supreme <laughs> Court hearing. 
Anyways, a Supreme Court hearing back in 1989 actually found roadblocks can be viewed as unconstitutional. Now, like our agency, we still roll a form of a roadblock. It's not actually a roadblock. Um, but basically, when pursuits are coming through, like you had mentioned before, Matt, um, or Jared, I can't remember which one, but a lot of times pursuits go into neighboring agencies. Um, so when we hear our dispatcher let us know, hey, there's a pursuit coming your guys' way, what we'll do is we'll get our officers out onto the freeway right at the exits and turn our lights on, make it look like that road is shut down. Now, for someone driving 70 miles an hour, they're going to see that oh, I can still get off. And they'll, they'll think like an officer was just on a traffic stop and the car's gone. But someone going 120 will come up and they'll be like, that road's closed. And they'll just keep going. Keeps the right. pursuit out of our agency, our, our city, keeps our civilians safe and lets it continue down the freeway where pursuits are much less dangerous right. for and plus the public. The, plus the suspect who's driving that fast is also looking at the lights and saying, I don't want any more lights. Right. Because they are running away from Yeah, lights. I want to get past as many lights you as know, possible. I want to get past as many as possible. And so they're blazing by. And so it is a very effective way to try to keep the citizens of our city safe and to safely keep the pursuit yeah. on the highway, the freeway, whatever. Um, and then the last version of like a roadblock is it's called a uh, boxing in. Um, this one, if you're pursuing someone who's wanted for some violent crime or something like that, I do not suggest this, but basically a uh, boxing is where you'll have a squad car on every side of the car, one in front, one in back, one on each side, all kind of sandwich that car in and then slow down as a group. Um, a good example of this one, I, I did one like this. Um, it was a medical episode on the freeway. The person was clearly out of it. They're having a diabetic episode. Cars going 40 down the freeway. Can't get them to stop. They're bouncing off the guardrails. Just box the car in, force it to come to a stop. Get them out of the car, get them the medical attention. But right. someone wanted for, you know, we've brought up kidnapping, murder, aggravated assault, uh, all these types of things. Road rage where they brandished a gun. Probably not a good idea to pull up right next to this person. Right, right. And it, hopefully the officers can recognize the difference. I mean, depending on the, the rate of speed and depending on whether they're bouncing off. Right. The guard. I mean, we could be having a medical episode. You could be dealing with somebody that's driving under the influence. But hopefully they will make the right decision and be like, oh, well, I, I guess I'll pit them to stop them. No. Yeah, I mean, there's... <laughs> There are more effective ways and safer ways because they're not actively trying to get away. They're not uh, necessarily looking to harm individuals per their erratic driving. They are having some type of, are we under the influence or are we having a medical episode? Right. And so officers, again, going back to the beginning of the, this episode is reevaluate. What do you have? What do you, what tools do you have to uh, make sure that it comes to a, a safe and effective conclusion and, and implement them? And I agree with Cam. Once you decide to uh, do what you need to do, try to end it as uh, fast and safely, efficiently, effectively as possible. Yeah. And you brought up the, the last one, which is PIT. It's a pursuit intervention technique. Um, basically, that's a lot like spike strips. That's the other one people are probably familiar with, but what that's where the Squad car will push on the back bumper of the car, this like the either the driver's side or passenger side, and put them into a controlled spin out, for the most part controlled. Usually an officer can gauge where that car should go and be able to put them right there. So you see an opening, um, a clearing in the field or something like that, 
pit them into that opening. Um, things, and this is one that I think is underutilized. Pursuits a lot of times start on side streets. Um, car slows down to make a turn, just go up, pit them. A lot of times it's going to shut that car down because it's going forward and all of a sudden it's going backwards and it causes the engine to be like, what's going on? And shut down. It usually will end it. Um, but with pit, you got to take some things into account. So if it's over 40 miles per hour, if it's a motorcycle, pit is considered deadly force. Um, so, and it's also not ramming. You're, you know, if you do pit properly, you should be trained on it. You should be trained on straightaways and then curves. Um, but if you do pit properly, there really shouldn't be a damage to either car. I mean, there's times where maybe you get caught up on the wheel well and it, cars nowadays just they're clipped together, the fenders. Right. But for the most part... Or where you send it to, if yeah, you right. send it into a curb or something like that, right. there could be some some damage, yep. but it's it's pretty minor. And we talked about it last week. We mentioned our, our department. I Look, if your department has a pursuit policy, you should have uh, training in pit because pit will be effective. Hopefully you have a lot of different resources, uh, tools at your department's disposal in order to in these things safely. But we talked about it last week. Uh, we, we do train on a straightaway, but we also train on a curve. And so we have been trained to pit both sides of the vehicle uh, in a proper manner, whether it's on a straightaway or on a curve. And, and so I encourage, again, our law enforcement friends that are listening, if you and your department do have a pursuit policy, make sure that you have policies and tools at your disposal to in these things. Yep. And I think the one thing we haven't touched on is also our brothers and sisters, because we've said officers. We haven't said much about our, our brothers and sisters that are deputies and troopers. Listen, y'all keep just chasing things till the wheels fall off, because that's what you guys do, and we love you for it. Like nothing but cornfields and yeah. hills, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like our deputy, you talk about a long leash of a, of a pursuit policy, go ahead and try to run away from a deputy yeah, or a like trooper a, or a trooper in like Nebraska where you just have miles of cornfields and road. Yeah. And that's, and that's another reason that could, uh, like we talked about last week, that could be a part of your pursuit policy is, are you a very high dense metropolitan area County or are you a very, um, you know, less populated rural area? And you can go chase people on back roads and chase four wheelers and cause that's what your population is, is you're going to see. But yeah, I mean, like I said, them, them deputies and them troopers, they'll, I want you to go that way. Yeah. They'll find you. Keep, eye, cool. keep eyes on till they get to the freeway. Oh, let the troopers know. <laughs> yep. Let them know. They're they got them. Yep. Got they em. got them. So now we, we love, we love them and, and, you know, they, they do, so. you, know, you know they listen to our radio. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh. They, they can't wait for us to initiate something that's going to overflow into yeah. the uh, freeway. Well, they know. They, they know our policy. They're going to be like, yeah, all right. Push them to the freeway. Here we Push go. Freeway. Here we go. <laughs> Here we go. We got them. Right. So, no, we appreciate, uh, we appreciate them and what they do. So, Well, yeah, it's good to be back on the mic. Um, we have gotten some reviews, um, and it seems a lot of people really like when we talk about our job um, and kind of what we do, what our thoughts are and why we do what we do. So that's what we're kind of bringing to you today um, with this evading topic. We're learning as we go. I mean, it's, it, it's revolving, but we have, uh, and, and Cam hit it right on the head. Our best reviews are, are talking about law enforcement type situations, why we do what we do. 
And uh, I, I think it's beneficial too. I think we're, we're at that time with news and social media. You wanted us to be transparent and that's what we're doing. And I, I, I think it's a good thing. And, and we'll continue to listen to you guys and make sure that we're gearing topics toward why we do what we do. Yep, absolutely. So hit us up on social media or on our, our podcast page uh, and let us know what your thoughts are on this and we'll keep clearing those corners. <laughs>